Dads. Hello. Welcome to Big Dad Energy Dad Talks. You get to listen to two dads talk. I'm Jerry Schmansky, and with me, as always, is my co-dad, Joe Lopez. Joe, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I have gin and uh, some seltzer water, some lemon-lime seltzer water. Okay. Mixed with some raspberry lemonade and some crushed strawberries and blueberries. Okay. You had me until the blueberries. I feel like what? lemon and lime and strawberry and lemonade, then you threw blueberries on top. So it's like... I don't know one one flavor too far. <laughs> Berries and citrus go great together. All right. Learn it. I, we'll have to do an episode on that. You'll have to teach me about berries and citrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. What do you got? I'm drinking. Get this out of my fridge so I can get new beer over uh, Fourth of July weekend. So this is my coconut vanilla Java porter that I've had for a mm, couple of months now. Uh, really yeah it sounds really good it is very good and i drank five of them but uh it is hot and it's summertime and porter is yeah. not the drink that i want to just rock out on like a, a 95 degree evening that is true i tell you what though if it was a coconut java porter as that one is with yeah. like a ice glass and maybe some cream and a little bit of ice in the glass to make it like a cold creamy drink i could see it that's not, that's that's a good one. I like that. Almost like a like a cold brew, but it's beer instead of coffee. Yes, exactly. I dig, it. I dig it. That's pretty good. So yeah, I have so many random beers just rolling around my fridge right now, like leftover uh, Bud Light seltzers because the blue raspberry was my favorite, so I saved them all to the end. Um, right. And now I have four of them in my fridge. Like I I know I have to drink them. I just don't wanna. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I have this one, and uh, I just drank my last mimosa beer yesterday. So, ooh, I'm, I'm working through it. I want new beer. Good, yeah, you, you're on your way. You're well on your way. We got a big holiday coming up. Time to to restock that fridge. Is there anything more, Dad, than having to drink the beer you don't want to just <laughs> to get out of the fridge? Right. It's like we got to clean out this freezer. We got to get rid of all those steaks. Throw those on the grill. Just, we need some new steaks in there. Just cook them up. You have to, right? Like, right. I feel cleaning out the fridge by consuming the things you don't want is peak dad. I mean, that just mm-hmm. that feels feels peak dad. Oh, totally, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but what do you got for me? You got something Joe, big for me, Joe. Are you ready for some knowledge? Are you ready for I, for some knowledge today? Like some, some I want real it. knowledge. All right, so today we're going to talk about a story that has intrigued me for like a month. In fact, I'm so glad we're finally doing this so I can exit out of the Wikipedia page of my phone because I've kept it up for so (laughs) long just so we can do this this episode. Yeah. So, this is a minor spoiler of, of the Disney Plus show Loki. And I say minor, it is probably as small of a spoiler as you could possibly ever get, but it is a small spoiler, so... If you it is in the trailer. Okay, see, it's in the trailer. So if you don't want a spoiler about Loki, I guess just skip ahead like 35 seconds and then we'll just be in the middle of the topic and you'll have to catch up. Good luck. Uh but so we're we're jumping in the spoiler here. So in Loki, there was a scene where Tom Hiddleston is sitting in a plane and he pats a briefcase and says 
miss, I have a bomb. Actually, he says, miss, you should read that note. I have a bomb. Mm -hmm. And then it shows him jumping out of the plane and getting taken up by the Bifrost. Okay. I was like, that's so weird. And then Owen Wilson's character goes, I can't believe you were D.B. Cooper. He goes, wow. Wow. (laughs) He goes, I can't believe you were D.B. Cooper. And I said, who the hell is D.B. Cooper? So, Which boggles my mind first before we get into the that i had never heard of it that you have never heard of db cooper before i don't know why i had never heard of db cooper i i don't know i had no idea and i texted our uh, my beer plug derosia i texted him about it and he's like oh yeah i know all about db cooper like of course you do like everybody who is slightly interested in conspiracy theories should know who db cooper is because this is like peak conspiracy theory yeah it's fantastic because it can go so many different ways uh, so I spent my night learning, and m- much of the next day, learning all about the story of D.B. Cooper. And I'm going to bring you the shorthand version. I love it. I I only know D.B. Cooper from Without a Paddle. Okay. Um, and what's the Without a only... Paddle story? What? So I know it's a movie. A what's, the, what's the story? It's a great movie. Tell? Matthew Lillard, Dak Shepard, Seth Green, Green. Top Notch cast. Um, so in there, they basically, they're searching for this treasure that their friend had mapped out and they're like, mm. we, they think he found DB Cooper's treasure. Okay. Um, and that's kind of it. Oh, okay. they, they tell the brief overview that he jumped out of a plane with this suitcase full of money and that was it. It's that's so... really like kind of all they led into it. So that's I'm gr- excited to hear. That's a great lead in because it's so much deeper than that. Let's jump into it. Let me tell you about D.B. Cooper. First things first. His name's not D.B. Cooper. God damn it. They got us again. They got got us again. So this man bought a plane. So in 1971, November 24th, 1971, this man boarded a plane from Portland and Seattle. I'm sorry. Portland to Seattle. And sat in the back of the plane and he, you know, sat by himself, had a drink, had a smoke, handed the the flight attendant a note on the ascent, right? When everybody's sitting in their seats and the flight attendant, a note, the flight attendant thought that he just gave her her, uh, his number because he was a lonely man sitting there with a briefcase and uh, she just put it in her purse and he goes, miss, you should read that note. And he pats his suitcase. He goes, I have a bomb. And now here we are, entrenched in this D.B. Cooper story. Yeah. So, the man's name was actually Dan Cooper. Okay. The media got him confused because there was a suspect. The first suspect that they had was a man named D.B. Cooper who lived in that area, right? The Portland area. But he, like, was said, oh, you're a suspect. No, you're immediately released. But there was a mix-up in the media, and then D.B. Cooper just stuck. But the man's the the pseudonym that he went under, the alias he went under, was Dan Cooper. That's what he bought his plane ticket. Okay. No idea if that's his real name, because here's the crazy part. Now we'll get to the crazy part. Dan Cooper is the name he bought on the ticket. Okay. So the craziest thing about this is this man. What he does is he says, "Miss, I have I have a bomb." Asks her to sit next to him, and he writes down his list. 
They're pretty simple demands. He wants $200,000 in cash, which is about $1.3 million in today's money. So like, Holy shit. Yeah, it's a hefty sum of cash. And the airline had to pay it. Here's a little, <laughs> si- a little side note. I never thought to myself, like, who pays ransom when you... But yeah. Like, I don't know. I always assumed the government would just give the money, right? right. Like, like the government just has a... They have a pool of ransom yeah. money just sitting around They're just in case. Gonna, some petty... Some petty cash. Petty cash to pay off ransoms, right? Uh, so the airline had to pay it. And of course, they recouped it through insurance because, I don't know, insurance is ridiculous. But so what they did is he asked for four parachutes and he asked for $200,000 in negotiable U.S. currency. Yes, a very weird, a very weird sentence. And it led to a lot of different theories at the end of this because who says the phrase negotiable U.S. currency? So the airline goes around and goes to these banks in Seattle. So everything is is planned for Seattle. Okay. So okay. he's flying from Portland to Seattle. So he is planning to, when they land in Seattle, get his ransom and then fly away. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the airline and uh, the, obviously the FBI and all this stuff is involved, right? Because you can't hijack an airline without the FBI getting involved, apparently. I don't know. I wouldn't. I haven't tried it myself yet. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys know. Uh, <laughs> so the FBI goes to these banks around Seattle and they get a certain serial number on each bill. Okay. So so they know what money it is, right? So fairly smart to be able to track him once he spends the money, right? Right. Um, so they get the money, um, and he's circling. So it's not. Portland to Seattle is not a long flight, but they need a long right. time to get all this stuff, right? They they have no idea where they're going to get uh uh jump what am I parachutes? Thank you. Um they have no idea where they're going to get the parachutes from. They have no idea. So they're circling Seattle for about uh I would say like I say a few hours is is the answer, right? Okay. So it's starting the it was a midday flight, you know, uh and now it's getting closer to nighttime. Okay. They land on the tarmac. Uh, they get all everything together. They land on the tarmac. The DB, DB Cooper, Dan Cooper, lets everybody off the plane except for one flight attendant and the flight crew. So all okay. past, everybody can get off. No big deal. Okay. They, they give him the $200,000 and the four parachutes. All right. Um, and then he requests them to fly to Mexico City. He wants to go oh. to Mexico. Makes sense, right? Like, he wants... Yeah. Uh, Mexico's not going to uh, extradite him, and he wants to go to Mexico. Right. Who doesn't? But he would not let them... He very specifically said you had to fly at 10,000 feet, and you had to put the wings... What are those called? I think they're... Are they rudders or flaps? Flaps? That's the one. The flappies? The flappies. Yeah. Had to be at 15 degrees, so that uh, it flew, like nose up a little bit uh like right. plowing through the air but the problem was this plane didn't have the fuel to match the specifications and make it all the way to mexico so they had to land mm. at another airport and refuel oh geez already a hole in old db's plan here uh db db the other problem is he was getting impatient so they had circled forever in the air right then they landed and then they were spending forever on the on the tarmac right because they obviously the government was trying to stall as much as possible to like 
to throw this guy right. off or like figure out a plan or whatever they were going to do, right? Um, so they eventually he's just like, screw it, let's just take off. Like, we'll just do everything, we'll just go. Okay, let's just go. So they decide they're going to go to Reno and refuel and then go to Mexico City after that. Well, okay. the thing about this plane is it had stairs coming out of the butt. Hmm. Okay. So not like, you know, today's plane, today's planes, all the stairs are on the sides, right? Or the hatches right. are all on the sides, everything like that. This plane, which was a 727, a Boeing 727, had stairs called aft stairs, AFT, aft stairs. And it's stairs that drop down from the plane's butt. Okay. And he wanted to keep that open all the time. He wanted to take off and la- like, he wanted to have those open all the time. And they said, keep no, that butt open. keep that butt open. That's what he wanted. And they said, no, we can't take off. Like, it's unsafe. The plane, like, that, that won't work. He argued and argued and finally was like, fine, we'll close it and I'll open it in the air. So they take off and they're heading to Reno. And they're, uh, he gets in the air, tells his flight attendant that he's been, you know, holding hostage, essentially, to go into the pilot's cabin, close the door, and lock the door. And then... About 8.30 at night, roughly, 8.30. It's, remember, it's November, late right. November, and 8.30 at night. And uh, the crew feels the plane, like, wave, right? Like, wiggle. Okay. And then they look out the back window, and D.B. Cooper's gone. <laughs> they just see him, like go away in the distance like middle fingers to the plane like he's just gotcha gone. he's just gone uh he took his two hundred thousand dollars and he took one of the parachutes and he jumped and he jumped out of the plane and here's the crazy part because we're the united states and we're not stupid we had two yeah. military jets following the plane one high one low but so that you couldn't so that they couldn't like be seen from the plane, right? So if he jumped out, right. he wouldn't be able to see them. Right. But they were doing it in, in case he jumped out, right? Um, so they could track him. Well, they didn't see him because it's November and it was like really? raining in the Pacific Northwest because that's what it does. In November, he jumped out in a black suit with loafers. Oh um, man, and, this guy's smart. In a suitcase full of two in a suitcase full of two hundred thousand dollars worth of cash. Wow. So here's the thing. He was never found again. Yeah. Never found just again. Just gone. Just literally vanished off the face of the earth. You would think they would have found a body or a parachute or anything. All they found in the wake of this is they found a sign that ripped off from the stairs when the when the stairs were opened. Okay? Okay. So the stairs were open. It was a sign that's like, danger, don't open or something like that. And they found right. that uh, from when it ripped off. But the problem is they nobody was tracking the exact time he jumped, right? I mean, how could you? They didn't know exactly where they were. Right. They it was dark. They don't know when he deployed his parachute. He was only at ten thousand feet. Uh they don't know when he deployed his parachute. They don't know if he deployed his parachute at all. They had no idea where he was gonna land. So this investigation had been going on for forty five 
years. My goodness. And what when when did it happen? What was the year that it 1971. happened? 1971. Wow. Okay. So, so t- like so in 2018 they they called it and said we can't can't keep dedicating resources to this. <laughs> like sorry, that's it. Uh The History Channel couldn't figure it out, so we got to give up on this. Yeah. I, but here's the cool thing. I I I will say interesting. Here's the interesting thing. Somebody found some of the money. What? Yeah. So, and I'm assuming this is where the without a paddle thing comes in, which makes me laugh. Somebody yeah. found some of the money. And it was still rubber banded together. In a river. Really? Thing. So in 1980, they were playing uh, on a beach in Oregon. And they found three wraps of money. Three stacks of in money. In Oregon? That's where he, right? Remember, so he flew to Seattle. Right. And then was flying to Reno, which is in Nevada. So he was flying back over Oregon. Okay. Okay. So he jumped somewhere over Oregon. And they knew that from, like, the rough time estimate and everything like that. And they had blanket searched the whole area. Everything they thought they could find. Right. And they found just three bundles of money. And there was... Money missing from one of them. Two were full. One had like uh, nine out of ten bills or something like that. Oh, wow. And the rubber bands were still in. If the rubber rubber bands had been in water, they'd done all these tests. If the rubber bands had been in water, it would have disintegrated. Right. But it didn't. It didn't disintegrate. Hmm. And they had dredged that lake. In 73 or 74, after the jump, but before the money was found, they had dredged okay. the lake and dumped a bunch of sediment on the riverbank. Okay. The money was on top of that sediment. Hot damn. So. Guess wow. What? Guess what? Nothing ever what? came of it. Of course Couldn't not. Couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. Couldn't God. find anything at all. They damn. They never put out. Nobody ever found any money spent. Nobody found wow. any of the bills. They even put out like huge ransoms, like I don't like fifty thousand dollars worth of ransom or like uh, reward money for if you knew anything about the bill or if you had any of these bills, um, and that they could track, and nothing found nothing. Wow. And the craziest thing of all is nobody was ever reported missing. Wow. Nobody was ever, like, there was no, nobody was ever said, like, yeah, they were. So the theory is, like, either nobody cared about this guy and he was such a complete right. like, loner that nobody, and he just vanished, or he showed up to work or he showed up to whatever, like, jumped out of the plane, took his money, right, and, and up. then just went back. Yeah. Wow. That is so interesting. Like, this person had so much planning. He's like, I know I'm gonna wear a black suit. Yep. I know I'm gonna wear black shoes. Like and sunglasses. He was wearing sunglasses. And sunglasses. Like he had he had this plan for so long, and wow, that's insane. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch it, of little details in there too. Like he told the flight attendant when they were flying to C- when they were circling Seattle, he's like, "Oh, that's the Air Force base down there." Like way too far away to know that from a like civilian right. perspective. But so they're assuming he had some kind of like military flight training or military yeah. like jump training. And then he also took the older of the parachutes. So they had one dummy parachute. They had right one um 
like brand new technical sport jumping parachute. They mm-hmm. had an old military parachute and another old military parachute. Okay. Oh wow. So he picked one of the old military parachutes to jump with. Huh. So they all there's been competing theories of like maybe he didn't know how to skydive and he just picked a parachute without knowing what because why would you not pick the more the technically advanced like sport right? One, right? Um so he picked like an older inferior technology. But then other people are like, well, if he's a military guy, he's going to pick the military one because that's what right. he knows how he's to gonna, operate. Yeah. Um, I, I really love the idea that he just showed up to work the next Monday. Like, hey, what's up, guys? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> this man who just hijacked a plane and stole $200,000 with $1.3 million worth of today's currency. And wow. like just showed up to work. And then he went on and invested in Apple. That man is actually Steve Jobs. There it, it was is. actually it. Steve Jobs. We figured we it out. got it. We got it. Nailed it. And uh, I think two people over time have like said, oh, I was D.B. Cooper um, before they died. Like, oh, I was D.B. Cooper. Right. Of course. Right. Um, and then they have a bunch of suspects because one guy actually committed the exact same hijacking about, I think maybe five or six years later mm-hmm. uh, and did all of the same things. But they, they basically said like, he is most likely a copycat and not the original DB. Yeah. Cooper, uh, because they were able to find him very quickly. He got arrested oh, like totally. three days after he did hijack that plane. He got uh, arrested like three days later. Uh, totally. And- I got to imagine that that happening change some protocols 100 percent. and here's the funniest thing i texted you know beer plug derosia about this and yeah. what his response was is that db cooper was a cia agent testing how hard it was to hijack planes that's Damn, his conspiracy derosia? that's his conspiracy theory so, wow that's a good wow so there's good. so many things that's so it is such an enigma that they didn't even find like a parachute or body or any money, any money except for those three stacks yeah. that were buried on a on a riverbank. Wow! And like everyone assumes that he died on the jump because it was middle of no or it was late November and it was raining outside. So like, right. how would he know where he was? Yeah, but what? <clears throat> Go ahead. What was your? I was going to say, but who knows? Yeah. Why did he want four parachutes? Great question, Joseph. Great question. Because he wanted to leave the impression that he was going to take somebody from the crew with him. That but is. That that is that's what, that was my thought. Like, that they he's going to round up some parachutes. people. Because if you ask for a parachute, they're just going to cut, cut it. it. They're going to cut yeah, it. Yeah, and you're just going to, they don't care. You're just no. going to fall and They'll find break your body everything. and take the money and that's the end of it, right? Yeah. Wash your hands of it. Yeah. But uh, they weren't willing to sacrifice a crew member. Yeah. And you don't you can't just like pick one to mess with. Right. Because like that would be ridiculous, like playing Russian roulette with people's lives. They wanted to leave the impression that he was going to take somebody with him. Wow. That's very good. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. This is very. You know what? I'm done with Big Dad Energy. I only (laughs) want to do this now. (laughs) This. This is my life, Joe. When I sit there and I get something bugging in my ear, I just go to the Wikipedia and I read the entire Wikipedia page. It's led me down some dark roads. Uh, not to end yeah. this on a sad note, but like I know way too many details about the Columbine shooting. Like 
Oh, it just geez. like things when something gets in my head, I have to read the Wikipedia page about it. Yeah. And some of these Wikipedia pages are ridiculously detailed. Joe, I read every single suspect ever suspected in this case. And some of them are laughable. <laughs> some of them, somebody's like, I was DB Cooper. And they were like in Maine working on a car at the time. And everyone's like, right. No, you're not. You're on the exact opposite side of the country. Right. So right now, if you were to throw a dart and say, this is DB, what's your, what is your theory? What is your mindset at? Do you have an idea? I'm going to take the logical road. Okay. I'm going to say he died in the jump and they looked in the wrong place because they have said if they were to go back again, Back to 1971 when they were looking for the body, they would have looked further northeast at a lake further northeast than the drop zone they were looking at. Okay. So they mm. were looking along a river um, in like in the flight path. They were looking along a river there, but there's a big lake further northeast. And they like went back and redid the calculations and trajectories and all that. And they're like, if we were to go back and do it again, we would go look mm-hmm. up there. But people have looked up there and found nothing still, right? So um i it's hard but if i had to go with my gut i think he did deploy a parachute okay got caught up in the wind and either floated way off course or and yeah. then died um or he i don't know it would be pretty crazy if he like landed there have been a couple legitimate like there are I w- obviously I read through all the suspects, right? There are a couple right. people that they kinda, it kind of feels like it could be them. There was a guy from Michigan, so DB Cooper or Dan Cooper, not DB. Dan Cooper yeah. is a man in a comic in a Canadian comic book, okay? French okay. French Canadian never never released in the United States. But it's possible, you know, if a military man's going around to bases, he picked up this. And there was a man in Michigan who was obsessed with that comic and also had way too much money in his bank account when he died and was super suspicious about the D.B. Cooper case when people were talking about it. Interesting. So there's one. Um, Jimmy Hoffa. Maybe. There, there, uh, There is... There's just a few, like I would say like three or four that kind of give you the, well, it could be like a lot of things line up for it. Right. But okay, you just don't know. And, and okay. you know, the money's never turned up. That's the other crazy thing. Besides those three on the bank, the money was never spent. The money has never shown up in circulation again. The money. So like, how did that happen? I wonder if, Damn, we got to wrap this podcast up, but like we could do a whole hour just on this. But like if that money was spent today, could they could know, oh god, I got too excited to hit the mic. Could they know that it was that money? Yes, serial number. I still have the serial number. How much of that money had the serial number though? All of it. Like was there All of it had right, recorded But was there money outside of it that no, had that they serial all number? All came from the Seattle National Bank. And they all had a serial, like each serial number, you know, how it goes like one, two, three at the end. And they all were accounted for. Every serial number is accounted for. And they never printed money with that serial number on it again. Damn. 
So they would know. They would know if the money was spent. And that's why I think he died. Like, if they found money, that's how they knew, like, when that, when they, like, 10 years later, when that money washed up in the bank, that's how they knew it was the money because of the serial number. Mm -hmm. That's why it leads me to believe that he died. Because if he, like, somebody would have found the dollar bills laundered, if he was smart enough and survived, they would have found the money laundered out throughout the, you know, the world, right? Um, but they never did. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. There it is. Now you know now you know all there is to know about DB Cooper, and I hope all of you take this away on this Friday and say I, I love it. My your your holiday weekend is filled with questions. More questions than answers. Well, I so I love this. I, I really thought going into this, you told me the topic, I was like, Yeah, I'm I got I got it. I know what it is. I know D.B. Cooper. I know the general story. Like, that's got to be it. I'm infatuated. Good. I'm glad you love it. We're going to get off this call. I'm going to go look up D.B. I'm going to go on Netflix and try to see if there's D.B. Cooper documentaries on there. There is a really good YouTube video um, that explains everything, like, into detail and pulls out, like, top top, uh, suspects and stuff like that. Um, Go look it up. There's... I, there's some really good stuff out there. It's I, I love it. It's a great mystery. Like one of those pure great mysteries. Yeah. This is <laughs> This is great. This was a great episode. Damn. All right, we're starting a new podcast all about just conspiracies. I love it. I'm in. <laughs> I love it. This was great. Thank you so much for dropping all this knowledge on me. I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad so I could happy. educate. That's what I'm here for. I'm glad I could educate. That is awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening to to Jared rant about his conspiracy theories on DB Cooper. And really, this was amazing. I I loved it. I really, really did. I I can't wait to go into more conspiracy theories on these talks in the future because I think there's so many out there. And what's great about this podcast, well, podcast within a podcast, the the dad talks is we're going to be able to focus in on these random things that don't show up on big dad energy about parenting and adulting. We're really just going to focus on, on the random bullshit that we Whatever love in our we life. Want. Whatever yeah. we want. Strap so, in. Strap in. There's going to be more of this down the line. Um, thank you, Planet Ant, for having us on the podcast network. We really appreciate it. Um, go and check out all the other podcasts that they have out there um, at planetant.com. And if you haven't yet, make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, we're at Big Dead Energy Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then we're on Facebook at Big Dead Energy. Just search us and you'll find us. All right. Now, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.